Is this thing on? Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Okay. So Thought Leader Podcast uh, starring Randy Baker and Dr. Kent starting now. Wow, what a great introduction. So today, um, you know, we're going heading tr- closer towards my hometown of Melbourne. We're going to Sydney, Australia, and we're going to talk to Ella Staniak. Is that how you pronounce it? Um, I don't know. Um, pretty close. I think she said it nicer, but that's just a, a feature of her voice being a nice voice. So well, she probably speaks better than me. So she, she talked with us about some really intense stuff, uh, losing both parents at a young age, um, traveling a lot, which was interesting. And after, after the interview, she told us more details. I mean, you scratch the surface of her life story and there's all kinds of stuff that's going to roll out. So with her background and her, well, we even learned about one of your trips to Jordan River. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. But it's an exciting and interesting interview. And just below the surface is a lot of meaning that I really recommend our listeners sit down with a cup of tea or a glass of wine and, and listen very carefully because there's a lot of gems that Ella drops here that I think you can apply to your own lives. And just as a little bit of context, she was literally in her car at five in the morning uh, dialing into this interview, which was fun. But she looked like, I mean, she looked better than I look at 11 a.m. So (laughs) she was all prepared and it was really great to talk with her. Yeah, you've got a face perfect for radio, Kent. I do, yeah, you can see it right here. Yeah. Yeah. On that uh, note... (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to our interview with Ella Staniak. Hi, really nice to see you, Ella. Um, I have to ask, uh, since our our readers, since our readers can't listen, I mean, since our listeners can't see, you are in interesting surroundings today. So tell us a little (laughs) bit, tell the listeners exactly where you are, what your surroundings are like. Thank you. I strategically planned speaking with you gentlemen today. Early in the morning, I am located in Sydney, Australia. So it's five in the morning and I decided to jump in my car and do it quietly, have a good conversation without interruptions. I am a first time mom. I've got a very cute, energetic 18 months old baby boy, Jordan. So this is next level strategic planning today to do this in the car, no interruptions. I just feel vic- victorious right now. <laughs> I love that. And what's what's cool about living on opposite sides of the planet is that I look at your wool coat that you have on there in the car and I think I kind of have fond feelings for, for winter and fall and so on. And here where I am, I'm kind of sweating in, in sort of summer vibe here. So that's, that's really fun to kind of think about how far away we are, but um, uh, how we can connect like this. I think it is incredible. So Jordan, that's an awesome name. I, I, I suppose you can figure out what my first association might be, but what is, what is he named after or she? It's him, baby boy Jordan. Look, throughout the pregnancy, I, for a very long time, I really wasn't sure 
what I even wanted to consider uh, as a name. And I just wanted to listen very intuitively to my gut instinct, to my gut feeling. I wanted a name that would represent strength and progress and evolvement. And uh, I one day came across the, a thought of a name Jordan. And then I researched it and it's uh, obviously after named after a very well-known river. And I am not very religious, but very much where the origin of the name comes from back in a day when people were, were born or when they wanted to cleanse themselves, they would go in and bath or wash in Jordan River. So the representation or the meaning, I should say, of the name is cleansing, rebirth. I think it's a beautiful meaning. I was sold. And then the next step, I just had to convince my husband. <laughs> I love that. Well, is he a basketball fan? My husband or my son? <laughs> Your husband. <laughs> he's, he's a fan of many sports. He used to be okay. a professional volleyball player himself. Oh, so wow. definitely a fan of sports. So he's three, he's three meters tall. Not quite, but close. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's really cool. So anyway, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Michael Jordan. So I would have just squeezed in and said, oh, I, I'll think about Michael Jordan. So, but the Jordan River, um, I'll have to ask Randy if he's been there. But when I crossed it, I was very unimpressed because <gasps> um, nowadays the Galilee, you know, takes all the water, right? So now it's just this beautiful little stream. And I remember crossing it on the the westerners bus like they 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 segregate western people from locals kind of <laughs> and the local bus had no air conditioning and the you know the western folks you know I had the american passport so the western folks had this posh bus with air conditioning and all the rest and you know um it was funny cuz the two buses passed each other and on the other side of the river i remember walking around the corner thinking where did all those people go there was a full bus of locals and there were like three, you know, Americans and a British guy and whatever. And so I was like, where, where did they all go? And all these taxi drivers came up to me saying, oh, you're, it's going to be $100 to get to Amman, Jordan. And then I went around the corner and there was a guy saying, oh, 50 cents, 50 cents. And you just pack in with a bunch of guys in a van. And so that's my Jordan story. So oh, speaking wow. of... <laughs> that's not what I imagined, Kent. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as romantic. So speaking of Jordan, speaking of your son, speaking of being a first-time mother, um, your brand is all in there, right? It's all about storytelling and it's all about the pieces of yourself that, that are powerful and beautiful and all of that. So, so tell us kind of the work you do. Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate the compliment. Today at Feminine Leaders, we champion women at all levels of leadership to achieve the next level of trajectory, equally in career and personal life. Feminine leadership for me is a, an active practice of owning your presence as a woman. It is seeded in body, mind and soul integration. The reason why I really stand strong in a brand is partially my personal story and also now in nearly 15 years working with professional women internationally, I have seen time and time again powerful women 
intelligent, ambitious, and very capable women who struggled with achieving that next level of evolution. And unfortunately, I have witnessed time and time again, which is really heartbreaking, that women felt like they needed to sacrifice their values or certain important elements in their personal life in order to create career success. I have met women who felt like they needed to become more masculine in order to have authority in the workplaces, to be seen, to be recognized. And so today I do have a very strong message to share with women and men, clearly speaking to you gentlemen today, that those women who have great ambition to create whatever they dream about in their career, in their health and well-being, in their relationships, certainly can. But it does happen by embracing their feminine qualities, reclaiming their moxie, and from that place, earning their worth, earning their place in the globe, on the earth. So, Ellie, you had a, I can only describe it as challenging childhood. How did that impact your your desire to move into where, what you're doing now? Because you did a whole lot of psychological studies and then you ended up in the in the feminine leadership. Um, what, what was that journey like and what what was the impact of that of your childhood? Well, it certainly looking back feels like it was a fast moving, fast paced roller coaster. Growing up with a father alcoholic and experiencing high volumes of uncertainty, fear, not having a stable father figure in my life impacted me tremendously. At, at that time, I actually did not recognize how that impacted my own self-worth. So I grew up with a very damaged self-worth as a young girl. On the outside, you couldn't tell. On the outside also, you couldn't tell that there was a toxic family dynamic and that my mother became the everything for us, the nurturer, uh, the loving person, but also the, the strength, the rock and the professional woman. She did it all and that took a toll on her as well. Unfortunately, both of my parents passed away before I even turned 15, within 12 months of each other. So the impact of the first 15 years of my upbringing was tremendous. Now, I do believe that until today, we, without knowing, undervalue our sense of self-worth and our sense of identity and how that drives our decision-making, our choices, how we show up in the world, how we respect ourselves, where we place our boundaries. And for those listeners who possibly experienced certain trauma or difficult experiences, they will also know that a young person has a default coping mechanism with trauma. Mine was avoidance. I avoided dealing with most of my difficult emotions throughout most of my life. And along the years, that impacted my whole life. That sense of disconnection from reality, from what is truly going on, created a very strong 
ripple effect, domino effect on all areas of my life. I navigated discrimination in the workplaces, direct and indirect, and I tolerated it. I experienced physical, emotional abuse in love relationships, or I couldn't truly emotionally connect with my love partners, and I tolerated it. Have I not sabotaged my health and well-being? Oh, I did. On, on all levels. So the physical, emotional, spiritual health continued spiral, spiraling down. And lastly, I acted like Mrs. I have it all together. I have it figured out. I am independent. I don't need any help. And that on its own, that ab lack of ability of asking for support was truly debilitating. And it wasn't until I faced my past, I dissected my past through doing inner work, through diving into who I was, harnessing my story, and then being able to step-by-step step connect to myself, get to know myself, find out what my strengths are, what my passion and purpose is. I began standing strong in who I was as a woman and being in coaching space definitely fast-forwarded that experience today. Uh, Feminine Leaders stands for that. So living in Australia, which is continually going in and out of lockdowns currently, most of it's in lockdown now, the women you're working with, and particularly those that have been in lockdown for a long time, are you discovering that they have even more difficulty being standing in their own authority, for want of a better way of describing it, within the workforce? Have they been subjugated back to being scared about their own power? Absolutely. Uh, I think it is safe to say that that goes for men and women, all levels, uh, all, all people in leadership roles, whether this is organizational or uh, business leadership. Around 90% of leaders, according to recent statistics throughout 20, 2020 and 2021, experience till today large amount of change that is difficult to navigate. So yes, my clients are impacted by it too. We're talking about organizational restructure. We're talking about learning how to continue employee engagement and the remote management. It is about redirecting, pivoting time and time again. All these characteristics, which uh, a lot of us did not have to dive into, did not have to face for many, many years. So it is new, it is accelerated, it is all happening within a very short period of time. To answer your question directly, yes, absolutely. To deal with such large amount of change, variety, uncertainty, not really knowing how to predict the future, not knowing the period of time that we will have to navigate those challenges, it, it does take a toll on people's mental health. I do also feel like it, it is important to mention, to mention the term of languishing. So many men and women in leadership show up and do the work and show up for their people and make sure that they create structures in place to create longevity of their businesses and organizations. But it does come at a cost. 
it does take a toll on people. So the term of languishing means that people do show up, but they do run on autopilot, not truly often acknowledging how they feel, not allowing themselves space to experience all the feelings and the fears that are simmering within, that are coming up to the surface. I do have a certain degree of worry for those people who possibly do feel withdrawn or do feel like they are just on the edge. Because when the time comes and people will give themselves a permission to slow down, catch their breath, and possibly acknowledge what is going on on the inside, we might have a delayed effect of increased mental illness, uh, psychological conditions at all levels, physical illnesses. So I just would love people to be mindful of their mental health. So I'm thinking about a 15-year-old in Poland, and you're just, I mean, you're a kid. So now, you know, at your age, thinking back to a 15-year-old, so you were going through trauma, but what, what gave you the strength to kind of get through it and not just get through it, but um, come to this point where you're an entrepreneur and leader and inspiring people? What, what helped you to build that fortitude in those first 15 years? Excellent question. Going back at the age of 15, especially when my mother passed away, which was sudden, it was just too hard to process all at once. It was too hard to process. At such young age, I didn't have emotional capacity or emotional filtering ability, just like many teenagers would at that time, wouldn't, I should say, at that time. And so, as I mentioned earlier, I went into avoidance. I did not want to talk about it, think about it. I just wanted to get on with life. I went back to school uh, as normal. I was very fortunate that my older brother, who at that time was 21, could look after me. He was, later on, I learned that he became the youngest adoptive parent in our whole region, in the south of Poland. I can only imagine what also he went through. So God bless his soul for stepping in and being able to become the stability for me to finish my education and uh, to truly have what I have today. Look, I left Poland at a young age. As soon as I finished high school, I graduated the first year of public relations. Wasn't very academically interested, but I was interested in adventure. I craved change. So when I relocated first to Ireland and then to Australia, studying at first sports coaching and, and sports performance, a lot of answers were given to me at that time alongside my studies of behavioral change. What is really the level of performance? How do we take charge of our mind? How do we create mindset mastery? What do professional athletes do that allows them to sustain high-level game uh, for a long period of time. So my studies provided me with a lot of healing. But also, at the time, falling in coaching space at such young age, at 21, and working with professional women at leadership, at first in fitness and wellness coaching, I lived through my clients' stories. I heard so many 
stories of success, but also failure. I've heard stories of thriving, um, stories of overcoming, uh, also stories of fear and, and doubt and shame and embarrassment, but also high level success. And so all that, the components of my studies and professional life allowed me to gain solid understanding of the dynamics of human psychology and also allowed me to continue implementing them. So through so many methods of trial and error, I developed my own system today called Feminine Leadership Methodology, which takes clients on a journey, which truly I, I was on in the last 34 years. So if you were able to you know, help your 21-year-old brother out, if you were able to kind of stand next to him and say, okay, uh, here's how we can help out, you know, 15-year-old Ella. What would you say to him and those who surround the women who are growing up today and also the women who are maybe climbing the ladder and women who are at, you know, in leadership positions already? First of all, my first and the loudest suggestion would be, let's talk about what happened. Let's either talk about it in our family unit and or let's get support in unraveling what happened and acknowledging what happened. At that time, I do not remember having any in-depth conversations about what we experienced, both of us in childhood, but especially with my mother's death and then later on with my father's death. I don't remember receiving or reaching out for support equally. I do believe that those people who aren't capable of reaching out for support, just like I wasn't at a very young age, are running certain self-debilitating patterns. As human beings, we do thrive receiving support. Also, those high performers who face decision-making every single day and handle large amounts of or volumes of responsibility do perform better having sustainable support structures. And support comes in so many ways. It can be a personal support through the family unit, through personal networks. It can be professional support. It can be professional development. It can be through therapy, counseling, or it can be through my avenue, which is coaching, I highly recommend. It is life-changing. I love that. Um, I just wrote down a note to myself to remember sustainable support structures. I, I really love that, those three words. Very, very powerful. And I'm glad you mentioned your coaching because we like to keep these interviews relatively short and punchy. And I'd like you to tell people what you do who you would like to connect with and where they can find you. Thank you so much. I am a feminine leadership coach. I work with those women in leadership and business who do want to achieve the next level of their evolution, personally and professionally. I use my own methodology called feminine leadership methodology to create a space for them and facilitate complete body, mind and soul integration. So imagine a good amount of personal development combined with professional development. I am interested and my, my one and only main goal is to be 
a part of as many conversations with current decision makers on organizational and business level around female leadership development. I speak to men and women about the importance of having more empowered and healthy, thriving women at all levels of of decision-making today, globally. I work with clients all around the world, mostly from English-speaking countries, across all industries, especially male-dominated industries. I have worked with clients from working in government, construction, mining, technology, any sense of IT, but also media, celebrities, athletes, all those women who simply know they can have it all, but feel like there is something hindering their potential at the moment. You can find me through my website, www.elastaniak.com. This is just my name and surname. You can find me on LinkedIn, where I share weekly content on the importance of feminine leadership, or you can contact me on my email through the website. And so fun to talk with you, Ella. From my ridiculous story at the beginning about your son's awesome name uh, to um, kind of finding out more about your journey. So I, I, there's there's much more to your story than what you've told us, and that's what's so special about it. So uh, encourage folks to go and find out more about you and, and your journey and thinking about their own. So thank you so much for joining us from your car at the crack of dawn from the other side of the world. Thank you so much for having me today. I do hope that our conversation provided value and will continue providing value. I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you, Ella. I really appreciate your openness and your willingness to talk about those early years and how you really wanted to run away from and then hearing about your brother and what he has achieved. I know that some of that happened after we had the interview, but thank you for sharing so much of your life with us. You are truly a fascinating and empowered woman. Yeah, things are not always what they seem. That's the the interesting thing about the work you do and the work we do, and about the Jordan River. We get all those songs about it being muddy and wide. They're full of shit. Anyway, (laughs) if you would like to kind of cut through all that BS, uh, come visit us at thoughtpartnergroup.com. There's a little button in the top right corner that'll release all good things. And if you're a little bit crazy and you really don't like Harvard, you might like to go check out crazymba.com. Yeah, you can park your car in Harvard Yard. Yeah, get crazy smart. (laughs) All right, everybody. I have a good one.